Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. It is Good to be with you. Good morning to you. You have survived it. It's Monday. You get to go back at it. Praise be to God. Okay. Uh, well, we slightly misled you already. We're, we're like seconds into the show, and you've already been misled. And that is because Emily Alcaraz, is, uh, her last day was Friday. So she is uh, she is moving back to Chicago to be with her family. Praise be to God for her and for her family. Be praying for her and her future. But uh, we're going to be changing changing the uh the intros uh, we just haven't had the time yet that's the problem good morning to you adrian fonseca yes good morning good morning hopefully i'll be able to uh work on that today i'll try to work on it this morning and uh all my files are missing so <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll see uh, hopefully i'll have it done by tomorrow but for sure sometime this week it'll be yeah. uh things will be adjusted yeah praise be to god it'll be fine hey what'd you do over the weekend Oh, it was awesome. Uh, yesterday, I, um, I'm thinking about having Jeff Younger. If you don't know the story of Jeff Younger, he's, his son is being transed by his, by his crazy mother. Oh, wow. And he's, uh, suing, uh, the state of, or he's working with trying to get past legislation in Texas to, uh, protect children. And, um, I asked the, uh, Mr. Cesar with the TFP, he did an interview with them. And so I asked him, can I have that interview so we can take a look at it? And he's like, you know, I don't really understand how to use technology. How about I just come over? Uh, and I was like, sure, why not? And so the TFP guys came over to my house last, uh, yesterday and we oh, wow. spent, uh, five or six hours no uh, playing ping pong, playing, uh, different games, board games. Uh, it was a great time. Uh, oh, and I watched Arrival. You watched you watched what? Arrival. Oh, the uh, sci-fi film. Yes, the one uh, about the aliens. I heard it was I haven't watched it because I I heard that it was kind of a nothing burger. I liked it. I really enjoyed it. I thought really? the cinematography was gorgeous and had a very fascinating ideas in regards to um uh, a language. It, it wasn't incredibly accurate. It had a weird theory of time that I thought was very fascinating but kind of silly. Uh but it was it was a decent movie. I enjoyed it. I watched with my family, uh, thanks to the brilliant technology of Vid Angel, uh, we watched uh, The Hunt for Red October, one of my favorite films as a teenager. I even had the uh, the soundtrack to that film on cassette tape. Loved that film. Sean Connery, of course, Alec Baldwin, uh, James Earl Jones, so many incredible actors in the film. It's a good story, but it would be inappropriate for younger audiences unless you had something like Vid Angel, which you could then filter out language, violence, and other things, which is makes it brilliant. Loved it. Because then you only get the the core story and the kids can watch it too. So uh my 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 daughter in particular, my oldest daughter Mary Elizabeth, she was blown away by the hunt for Red October. So we were very excited about that. Of course then we went fishing. My kids like to fish and so we went fishing and I filmed a little I like I got my camera out. I hadn't played with my camera in a long time. So I made a little short film on fishing because life is like fishing, right? You know, life is exactly like fishing. Sometimes you just have to keep casting no matter 
if the fish are biting or not. You got to keep going. So that was that was fun. That was my weekend. All right. So this is what we're going to be doing today. Of course, we're going to have the breaking news and stories here in a moment with yours truly. We're going to do Saint of the Day. Adrian will cover that. We're going to read the gospel and then uh, we'll have a little bit of commentary as we typically do. And then in our What's Concerning Us section, Jay Ross is going to be on from 314.com. And uh, they do, uh, like, jewelry. They make jewelry for, I think, fourth generation, if I'm not mistaken. They uh, make wedding rings, things like that, but they're, it's all Catholic. We're going to be talking about a marriage crisis with Jay Ross today. That's coming up. And then also in this hour, later in this hour, Ryan Grant from Mediatrix Press is going to be on. He has been spearheading the translation of a great doctor of the church, St. Robert Bellarmine, or Bellarmine, however you wish to say that. And I want to talk to him about the Antichrist and the end times. St. Robert Bellarmine is probably one of the foremost experts in the church on that subject. He wrote quite a bit. In fact, he wrote a whole treaty on the Antichrist to oppose the Protestants in the Reformation. And I think it's fascinating conversation because... So many people these days are like looking up, like what's going on? We're seeing wars and rumors of wars, pegs, plagues and pestilences, earthquakes and natural disasters. Are we in the end times? Is the Antichrist about to enter the scene? Well, we might have that conversation with St. Robert Bellarmine uh, through Ryan Grant, of course, today from Mediatrix Press. All that coming up in this hour. In the next hour, if you can join us, we would love to have you. We are going to be playing our Fear and Trembling game show, and today... All week long, in fact, BrightlyHued.com is going to be our game show sponsor. They're giving away 10 set uh, a set of stickers, religious stickers. They're beautiful, actually. I just checked them out on their website, BrightlyHued.com. They're big, they're beautiful, they're Catholic, and they're giving away a 10 set for our prize winner this week. And you can be a part of that. Rules and information can all be found on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let's pray for whatever your needs are. We're praying for our team here, for the Station of the Cross, and for the Guadalupe Radio Network, and for whatever your needs are as well. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines uh, with yours truly. Israel targets Associated Press Building that reportedly also housed Hamas intelligence. And Israel reveals a smoking gun to uh, prove their case. After Israeli defense forces targeted a high-rise building in Gaza Saturday, which housed an AP bureau, along with offices for other media outlets, including Al Jazeera, the IDF revealed Hamas intelligence forces also occupied the building. In a statement, Associated Press President and CEO Gary Pruitt claimed his staffers, quote, had no inclination, unquote, Hamas worked from the building and demanded Israel reveal evidence to, prov- to prove terrorists, in fact, occupied the space. Quote, the Israeli government says the building contained Hamas military intelligence assets. We have called on the Israeli government to put forward the evidence, unquote, Pruitt said. 
A source close to the Israeli foreign minister told the Jerusalem Post that Israel officials provided the U.S. government with evidence to corroborate their claim that Hamas military assets operated from the building. Quote, we showed them the smoking gun proving Hamas worked out of the building, unquote, the source said. During the call, Biden reaffirmed his, quote, strong support for Israel's right to defend itself against rocket attack from Hamas, unquote, according to the Rudders report. The Epic Times and Bree Dale reports Pope Francis met with John Kerry, marking a big change in post-Trump Vatican-U.S. relations. Pope Francis met with John Kerry climate on envoy for the Biden administration on May 14th after a closed-door conference on, quote, dreaming of a better restart, unquote, for the global economy. John Kerry is one of the first U.S. officials to meet with Pope Francis since the COVID-19 pandemic began and the first among members of the Biden administration. Pope Francis had reportedly refused to meet with then-Secretary of State Mike Pompeo in September 2020 after Pompeo issued a scathing critique of the Vatican's China policies. The Vatican's recent human rights record in China may be related to its negotiations with Beijing about the status of the Catholic Church. Reports regarding the ongoing secretive Sino-Vatican deal, including statements from leading experts on the matter, such as Cardinal Joseph Zen of Hong Kong, include allegations that the agreement includes Vatican silence on Chinese religious and sociopolitical persecutions. According to LifeSite News, Biden tells Americans to get vaccinated or wear a mask until you do. After the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention released new guidance allowing those who have received the COVID-19 vaccination to ditch their mask, President Joe Biden took to social media to issue a strongly worded ultimatum to the American people. Quote, the rule is now simple. Get vaccinated or wear a mask until you do, unquote, declared the president. He says, quote, the choice is yours, unquote. The new directive coming from Washington, D.C. and the CDC in Atlanta raises many questions. Are people who legitimately can't take the vaccine because they are pregnant, experienced anaphylactic shock after receiving the first dose of the COVID vaccine, or are allergic to ingredients in the vaccine forced to choose between taking it and risking serious medical consequences, or wearing a mask forever while in public while suffering disdain from the maskless? The president's ultimatum also raises questions about the constitutionality of the burden he has placed on the American people. And those are your headlines for this first segment of Catholic Drive Time. The saint of the day is going to be read to you uh, today by Adrian Fonseca. Adrian? Yes. Uh, and apologize in advance because this is a Polish saint and I am going to butcher all the Polish words. I'm so glad I'm not the one doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, blessed Ivan Ziatik. I'm just going to say that mm-hmm. and leave it there. Sounds reasonable. And I'm going to avoid all the rest of the Polish names. <laughs> he, uh, blessed Ivan was born on December 26, 1899 in present-day Poland. He was a Greek Catholic. He graduated high school in 1919 and obtained a degree in theology in 1923. That was that's very quickly. Wow. Uh, ordained in 1923, taught catechism and theology and served as prefect of students at the seminary from 1925 to 1935. Joined the Redemptress in 1935. He noted he became a noted preacher when he was stationed at Lviv in Poland. 
prior of the mon- he was the prior of the monastery in Turn. Ternopil during the Nazi occupation. He was a vicar general of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church after his superiors were arrested or expelled. He was arrested on January 5th, 1950 for his faith, for preaching and for being a redemptorist. He was held in the Zolokchiv uh, prison and then exiled to Ozalar in Russia. Easy for you to say. Easy for you to say. (laughs) He was tortured routinely, beaten severely, and eventually he died in prison. He was one of the martyrs killed under communist regimes in Eastern Europe. Uh, He was uh, he he died on Easter Sunday, May seventeenth, nineteen fifty two, from injuries he received three days earlier in Russia during in the uh, concentration camp. He was beatified on June twenty seventh, two thousand one, by John Paul II in Ukraine. Saint, uh, blessed Ivan, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. Easier said than done, isn't it? No more Polish saints. (laughs) No more (laughs) Polish saints. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 16, verses 29 through 33. The disciples said to Jesus, Now you are talking plainly and not in any figure of speech. Now we realize that you know everything and that you do not need to have anyone question you. Because of this, we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you believe now? Behold, the hour is coming and has arrived when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone. But I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you this so that you might have peace in me. In the world, you will have trouble, but take courage. I have conquered the world. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there's two points that I could pull out of this really quickly, and we're coming up against the break pretty soon here anyway. But uh, number one is, uh, this is a short passage, but look at the apostles acknowledging his divinity here. Like, right, you know, verse 30 here, it took this much. And Jesus is like, now you believe? Like, oh, I can almost see like the hand in the face. Like, oh my, what is it going to take with you people? Like, that's at least how I, Joe McClain, would have reacted. Our Lord being God probably didn't. But however, I think it's fascinating to see they're finally acknowledging that he needs no questioning. He is, in fact, from God. But I also like how this, at the end of this passage, Jesus makes this very clear that we should, we should trust in him versus the world. He says, I've told you this so that you might have peace in me. Trust in Jesus, not in the world, because in the world you'll have trouble, but in Jesus you'll have peace. His burden is light, he says. So let us trust in the Lord today. Let us trust that he is in fact who he says and claims to be the second person of the Trinity, God. Let's have peace in Christ. Amen. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. Jay Ross is our guest. The marriage crisis. Later on, Ryan Grant and the end times. That's all coming up. We'll be right back. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. 
GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is good to be on with you. Uh, we had somebody sneak into the studio, apparently. Uh, Janelle, good morning to you. You need to turn your mic on. Oh. Good, yeah, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I, I don't know how you got through the security. Like, you know, uh, sometimes the Lord opens doors for you uh, when you least expect it. So I'm uh-huh. very glad that happened. <laughs> uh-huh. Tightly uh, locked up security in this building, and somehow, some way, you snuck through undetected. That's, uh-huh. that's, that's concerning, but uh, that's not what we're going to talk about in the "What's Concerning Us" segment, anyway. Uh, coming up here in 20 minutes or so, we're going to be talking with Ryan Grant from Mediatrix Press. He has been spearheading the translation of Saint Rob. Robert Bellarmine, doctor of the church and one of the foremost uh, sources for the end times and for the Antichrist. And we're going to have that conversation. Uh, have you guys had many people come up to you and ask you, do you think we're in the end times? Has anybody asked you that? All oh, the time. Totally. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's come up quite a bit uh, over the last year. I mean, wars, rumors of wars, check. Pe- plagues and pestilences, check you remember there was a story out last year there was like a swarm of locusts throughout northern africa and even it even went all the way up to russia like massive all the way through the middle east massive storm it was kind of crazy oh yeah so uh so that that box is checked and of course there's always you know covid so there you go um general unrest in society check so what's left? You know, that's the question. The Antichrist hasn't come onto the scene. So we're going to have that conversation with Ryan Grant from Mediatrics Press in a little while. Now, we were supposed to talk to a gentleman um, today about the marriage crisis. He's not uh, He's not on with us yet. So if he jumps on, we will talk about that from 314.com. Uh, they, it's a family-owned jewelry business. So if he jumps on, we will dive into that conversation. But there's a topic I want to bring up. There was a story in the headlines about UFOs. I kind of want to jump into that if, if time allows, uh, because they're declassifying more and more information out of the Pentagon. And I'm very curious about that stuff. But there was a somewhat of a conversation and debate on Facebook over the weekend. Bree Dale, uh, a friend of the channel, I read her part of her story out of the Epic Times about John Kerry a minute ago. She was asking about, you know, she was pointing out that journalists have a responsibility to quote the facts and not let the chips fall where they may. And the point she was trying to make was in regards to Pope Francis and how so many Catholics have been so frustrated with Pope Francis 
that they stopped reporting the good news about Pope Francis, and they focus on the bad news. And then when journalists post the good news, they get pushback from Catholics as a result. And she's like, listen, the Pope said this. This is a fact. We, we should report that. And I don't think she's wrong about that. The problem is, and this is where the conversation, I think, began, is I think as Catholics, you get frustrated and you, you don't want to talk about uh, the thing, the good things sometimes because of all the bad things that come up. So it's like, and here's the story. This is from Vatican News, vaticannews.va. Pope Francis, a society that does not welcome life stops living, unquote. So basically, he, he's addressing the demographic winter, as it's called. The fact that in Italy, the birth rate is so low that the Italian culture will cease to exist in the near future. Uh, because they're not having enough children to sustain them, themselves. But they're not alone. M most of the West is in the same boat. America is in the same boat. We're just not having enough kids. And uh, so the article reads, Pope Francis highlights the importance of solidarity, improving the birth rate, protecting the family, and generational sustainability. In his address at a meeting on the general states of birth in Italy. And he's trying to encourage the Italian people to have more children. But the problem here is they've embraced the Western lifestyle, right? You got to have, you know, like, look, look today in America, most homes have to be at least two income homes. How much college debt do you have? What's that mortgage look like? Of course, you got to have those car notes, right? I mean, you can't drive an old beater anyway. And you got to have the toys, the boat, the RV. You got to have the ATV off-road uh, vehicle package. You know, how about that vacation home, right? The pool. You got to have the pool. What about the, the country club membership? Who doesn't have one, of course? I mean, your neighbors do. Why not you? And so families think they can't have kids because they can't afford them, and it would interfere with their lifestyle. And I think this is part of what he's addressing. Did you guys see this story? No, I didn't see this, but you know, uh, as, as to your point that you first uh, brought up about sometimes people are hesitant to bring up the any good news about uh, about the Pope. Uh, I you know I I was talking to Mr. Cesar with the TFP about this yesterday, and how sometimes things that will come out and it's like, oh, well, that's a good thing, but we have to be hesitant about jumping on it and getting on that bandwagon because. You know, it, the the other shoe hasn't dropped yet. And uh, the thing that the clearest example to me that happened recently was whenever uh, the the Rome came out and said that you cannot bless same sex unions, and everybody was like, "Woo, yeah, go Pope Francis! Can't bless same sex unions. Thanks for reaffirming church teaching." And then a couple weeks later, after things started dying down, he came out and said. Oh well, you know, I'm I'm kind of upset how the how the uh, my office came out and said this and then the German bishops come out and bless same-sex unions and we hear radio silence. Radio um silence. so it's like we try to uh, we we want to we want there to be good news from the Rome from Rome. We want we want to love oh, we do love Pope Francis, but we want to trust him, but sometimes we feel like we have a father who keeps abusing us and we are uh, dying to see good news and we want to jump on every opportunity but at the same time i think we should be hesitant and uh, let and let stories play out before we jump on them uh, because we don't we haven't seen the full story yet and, yeah. and that's the thing that that kind of got me i know i think we've learned that lesson here on the cdt team the hard way you know reporting too early on some stories not knowing all the facts and i'll be the first to tell you i'm not a journalist if anything i'm a commentator or an opinion uh, person, definitely not a journalist, which is why when I'm doing the news, I tend to read the journalists. You know, what are they saying? 
Um, but I think it speaks to a larger issue of there seems to be on the on the in the hearts of many Catholics just a lack of a general lack of trust of of the Pope because of the mixed messages that they seem to receive from His Holiness. And I don't think there's like I remember what was it 2018 when you started hearing the phrase Pope splaining? Mm-hmm. You guys remember that? Oh yeah, <laughs> Pope splaining. Janelle, you're pretty young. How much do you follow? Uh, oh man, church politics. Um, not too much. I follow a couple uh, church um, uh, channels on uh, Instagram. Yeah. Um, here and there. Um, so I'll I'll see some of it, but not like a totally everything. But I think my go-to is um, what St. Paul says in his letters, test everything, retain what is good. Yeah. So you should always be, um, I guess, cautious with every new information you get, but always keep prayer and um, reason in mind as you uh, look upon new sources and new data. Mm. I think part of the problem is, like a minute ago, you started to, men- you started to mention this, Adrian, Catholics... They don't want to let go. They don't, like if, if the Pope says something that is, is really controversial, really seems way off base, we don't want to just like pretend like that didn't happen or let that go or act like it, we could just move on because now he said something good. I think that's part of the problem with Catholics is, is they're like, hold on, we can't just move on from this. He said this thing, and this thing is really troubling. It's really problematic. How can we just simply ignore that, pretend like it's all over with, and we can just all be happy now that he said a good thing, that he's he's the Pope. He should be saying the good things. Like, it goes without saying that the Pope is Catholic, right? I mean, the Pope is Catholic yeah, by, it used to by be, definition. It used to be a, a rhetorical question. It's like, oh, so-and-so, and you're like, something, and you're like, oh, is the Pope Catholic? But now, <laughs> yes. now, now it's a less of a rhetorical question, more of a joke. Yeah, it's it, it it's confusing, and this is part of the issue that I've always had as a lay person. The average lay person is not a Thomist, right? Unfortunately, not. Um, sure, why not? <laughs> Amen. Uh, so the average lay person is not a Thomist. The average lay person probably has not read the the uh, Catechism of the Council of Trent, which was aimed at priests, by the way. Um, so the, 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 the average lay person doesn't read papal, papal encyclicals. The average lay person is probably not reading even the uh, catechism that JP2 published originally. Which is directed um, towards bishops. Which is directed towards bishops. I personally have enjoyed this catechism. Uh, I've read it cover to cover. Um, and, and here's the thing. They, they just expect or want to expect that the clergy have got this covered because they're Catholic, right? And they don't have to want to have to think about it or worry about it because they've got bills to pay, medical situations to deal with. They're worried about job loss and and uh, and keeping their family Catholic and and just keeping this whole thing moving forward. Do they have time to sort out fact from fiction in in the, the statements that come out of Rome? So I think most Catholics have just been so off put by the confusion that has come out of the Vatican, that they don't even know what to make, heads or tails of it. So when Bree brought up, hey, journalists still have to report the facts, uh, a lot of Catholics were like, wait, hold on, we don't know that we want to hear anything like this. <laughs> but um, I think Bree's correct in the end, journalists should report the facts irregardless. Amen. And we have, uh, we'll have more of Bree at 8 a.m. Uh, we will broadcast her show as well. Uh, but... Uh, one other thing, speaking of things going a little crazy, is the idea of this transgender movement. And that's one of the concerning things that I want to talk about. We see right now Bruce Jenner, uh, who now goes by Caitlyn Jenner. 
Uh, he was he's running for governor of California, and the problem I have is that he's running for the governor of California as a Republican. And this shows how there is no political solution to the problem we're in today. There is no political solution because uh, we, the Democrat Party, the Republican Party is simply the Democrat Party five years in the past. Because <laughs> uh, what what is going on now is people, the Democrats, the left is willing to give up ground on taxes, on immigration. They're like, okay, all right, we lose on that, but what do we win? We give up the entire argument of the transgender movement and the transgender movement, the homosexual movement, the LGBT movement is the tip of the spear of the left to pierce into culture and destroy it from inside because it destroys all of reality from the inside out. And so the the whole Caitlyn versus Bruce Jenner thing, I'm going to call him Bruce. I don't I can't call him by a female name. It's it's perverse. But he is uh, running for this. And if he wins. What does that say about the Republican Party? Yeah. We give them the entire argument. Right. We have destroyed, we've agreed. All right. We'll take lower taxes and lower immigration. And in, and in, and in, in return, Amen. I give you reality. Yeah. This is an issue I've been calling out of the Republicans for a long time. Um, you know, they, their, their, their litmus test is really not as good as we would like it to be as Catholics. They fail in many regards to, to what we hold true as, uh, you know, Catholic social teaching. And this is a prime example of that. There are many Catholic commentators, famous ones, who will, who will look the other way now, who will give a pass simply because uh, Bruce is, uh, is singing, the, singing their song right now. And I, we, so it's amazing to watch, which is what should remind us as Catholics, we shouldn't be uh, too closely tied with any particular, particular political party, right or left. We should just be Catholic. Let the chips fall where they may. And uh, so that's a very concerning story. All right, we're coming up on the break right now. We're going to go to a break and we're going to come back. We'll have more breaking news and stories. And then, of course, we're going to jump into our conversation with Ryan Grant from Mediatrix Press on St. Robert Bellarmine, doctor of the church, one of the foremost sources for the end times. Are we in the end times? Is the Antichrist about to be revealed? Who is this Antichrist? Maybe St. Robert Bellarmine can tell us that through... Ryan Grant, all that coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, we should not blame people for whatever bad things they may sometimes do. We should not judge them for their faults. We should be kind and merciful. Well, of course we should be kind and merciful. However, it is not merciful to say that we should not blame them for the sins they commit. As G.K. Chesterton says, blame is actually a compliment. It is a compliment because it is an appeal to a man's soul. When we call a man a coward, we are, in so doing, asking him how he can be a coward when he could be a hero. When we rebuke a man for being a sinner, we imply that he has the potential of being a saint. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean, and these are your headline news. Space Force officer relieved after denouncing Marxism critical race theory in the military. A U.S. Space Force commanding officer was removed from his post after publishing a book that warned of the spread of Marxism and critical race theory in the military, this reported by the Epic Times. Lieutenant General Stephen Whiting, Space Operations Command Commander, relieved Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer of command of the 11th Space Warning Squadron at Buckley Air Force Base in Colorado on, the May, on May 14th due to a loss of trust and confidence in his ability to lead. The Space Force said in a statement to various news outlets over the weekend, quote, the decision was based on public comments made by Lieutenant Colonel Lohmeyer in recent podcast. Lieutenant General Whiting has initiated a command-directed investigation on whether these comments constituted prohibited partisan political activity, unquote. Lohmeyer criticized Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's agenda in a podcast interview, after Austin's confirmation, he ordered a stand down to deal with the alleged extremism within the ranks of the U.S. military coming after the January 6th Capitol breach. Catholic World Report and Matt Hadro for CNA Report. Pelosi says she's pleased with the Vatican's letter to U.S. bishops on communion. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on Thursday said she was pleased with the Vatican's recent letter to the U.S. bishops on communion for pro-abortion politicians. Pelosi, who is Catholic, was asked by EWTN News Nightly correspondent Eric Rosales about the topic of communion on Thursday. Quote, I think I can, I can use my own judgment on that, unquote, Pelosi said, receiving Holy Communion. The Speaker has long supported legal abortion and has advocated for taxpayer-funded abortion by repealing the Hyde Amendment. She has also supported the Equality Act, legislation that the U.S. Bishops Conference has warned would punish religious groups opposed to the redefinition of marriage and transgender ideology. Pelosi added that she was pleased with what the Vatican put out on the subject of communion for pro-abortion Catholic politicians, claiming that the Vatican statement basically said, don't be decisive on the subject. The Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith wrote the head of the U.S. bishops last week regarding the admission to communion. The bishops' conference was reportedly planning to consider a statement on the Eucharist this year, either at their spring meeting in June or at their fall meeting in November. They were planning to address the topic of admission to communion, of Catholics in public office who support permissive legislation on intrinsic evils such as abortion and euthanasia. Laikas.news reports China closes social media account of church-run Radio Veritas's Asian Mandarin service. The social media WeChat account for Radio Veritas Asia's Mandarin service has been shut down by Chinese authorities, said a Catholic priest who works in the church-run organization. The account was reportedly closed on the 10th of May. The priest, who asked not to be named for reasons of security, told Lycus.News that, quote, for a long time, 
Unquote, Chinese authorities have been paying attention to our social media. He said the media's organization's a WeChat account has been influential in Chinese-speaking churches overseas. He says, quote, We made various attempts and wrote to WeChat hoping to recover our account, but WeChat told us that the account violated relevant Chinese religious laws and regulations, said the priest. The priest said the social media account's influence and the huge number of followers overseas might be the reason for the closure. And that is your headlines. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Ryan Grant uh, from Mediatrix Press to talk to us about uh, translating St. Robert Bellarmine and the end times is what I want to jump into. Good morning to you, Mr. Grant. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Praise be to God. It is good to have you on. Uh, thanks for joining us. Now, let's start with uh, St. Robert Bellarmine himself. Uh, he is an incredible uh, doctor of the church, but for the longest time, the average Catholic didn't have access to the bulk of his work because it wasn't in English. Tell us about your project. So my project started, a priest asked me to translate a certain section of St. Robert Bellarmine, which uh, pertained to certain uh, issues about the Pope. And uh, lucky guess which one that is. Uh, I'm sure most people know. So then, you know, I, I worked on it and I, and I got done with it. And I said, you know, this should be in English. Someone should translate this. Well, I had a career change and then try to start a press in, you know, using because I saw using print and demand technology, you could get books out without having massive overhead and without having to plop down, you know, $10,000 to get a print run going. And so I just decided to kind of build that on the side out of my garage. And so I did that. And then at some point I looked and said, you know, I bet I could translate something. I used to teach, I used to teach Latin. And so I got on the, uh, you know, I think it was a small catechism, St. Peter Canisius. And then in about two weeks, I got it done. I had someone edit it and he's like, wow, this is really good. Get it out. And I did. And it uh, actually did fairly well. So I said, you know, I think it's time to do, to get St. Robert Bellarmine out. And so I started working on that project. I did a little GoFundMe and started, uh, you know, and it gradually just grew. Like I really thought I could get it all done in a couple of years, but real life and family got in the way. So that just didn't happen. But so I just released a volume just recently. It took me uh, a good bit of time to get done. Nevertheless, though, <clears throat> I had a, uh, what is it? Um, just, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things where I just felt you got to get this done. And so it just, just started putting out yeah. the various volumes of the controversies. Ryan Grant is our guest. Mediatrix Press is his uh, press, and we'll we'll be linking to his website, by the way. It is mediatrixpress.com. We're talking about St. Robert Bellarmine. Now, St. Robert Bellarmine is 16th century. He was a cardinal of the church, a Jesuit theologian, uh, and a doctor of the church. Uh, he was declared doctor, I want to say it was 1931, something like that. Um, but he was he was a key and pivotal player in the anti-reformation and this is where i think the where a lot of his work on the antichrist and the end times come i want to dive into that i mean so many people orion are are asking or talking about the end times these days wars and rumors of wars well we got a lot of that going on i mean uh ukraine the border of ukraine is amassed with russian troops china's is incursing in all kinds of foreign activities all over the planet we had this the uh the cyber attack on our oil pipeline by foreign entities and a ransom paid you know you can just list them off completely there's so many so many things pestilences and plagues and and natural disasters everything seems to be on the uptick and i think a lot of people are thinking are we in the end times and i thought well 
seeing Robert Bellarmine would be a fantastic person to talk to you about this, and I wonder what you might be able to tell us about what he might have to say about the Antichrist and the end times. Well, our times aren't particularly unique because in the 16th century, they were of the opinion that the Antichrist was coming anytime and uh, that wars, rumors of wars, were, you know, was the, precisely the same thing. At the turn of the century, saw that three greatest, um, the greatest monarchies in man, mainland Europe, the, uh, the French and the Spanish and then the Holy Roman Empire fighting it out in Italy, mostly. And so, it, but those wars spilled over into, into so many places. So you had the Turks were on the sea. The Turks were, were, were everywhere, uh, you know, piracy or threats of invasion and so many other things. So what you have is the, the kind of this perfect storm. So that when Protestantism comes around, the, uh, the Luther kind of kicks it off by saying that declaring the Pope to be anti, the, you know, the Roman Antichrist and burning all the, the full corpus of canon law after uh, Pope Leo X had condemned him with his bullock surge domine. So the, and that sets the tone and it's adopted by everyone else. See, we are in the end times. We are in the final struggle with Antichrist. Now is the time with this new doctrine to establish the Church of the Saints. So, that really becomes the ecumenical doctrine of all early Protestantism, because as anyone versed in the history knows, they vehemently disagreed on a great number of points. Some of those, uh, you know, being very serious, actually, in terms of sacraments and other things. But the one doctrine that all Protestants everywhere, whether you're a sacramentarian or a Lutheran or a Calvinist or even an Anabaptist, um, what they could all come together on was that the Pope was the Antichrist. And so when Bellarmine writes the controversies, um, he, he, he starts that there, there's quite a few of them. I, I've spoken of them in other places, but um, after you know treating on, on, on the word of God and tradition and a little bit on Christology, he goes to the Pope, the papacy, and the uh, the third book of his treatise on the papacy is where he takes on Antichrist. And the only reason he addresses it at all is because the Protestants were meant to to f- focus in on you know th- that the pope's the antichrist and so he means to show the pope isn't the antichrist and he does it again in a response to king james in a treatise that's just about as long actually maybe longer than the one we currently have out in print so so he sets that out by uh you know setting up his disputation first he shows how the protestants disagree with each other on that subject um you know some say he's gonna he came and the, the pope began to be antichrist around the year 666 others say it's the year 1000 there's the year some say it was right in the second century so um Bellarmine goes and shows then firstly he was a, he's going to be a specific man it's not going to be a whole series of guys such as you see the the papacy has been through history second that he shows the antichrist hasn't come by giving several proofs all the things that are supposed to happen before the antichrist comes so now like i said this is in refutation of the protestant principle of the of the early centuries that the Pope is the Antichrist. And so here's, you know, he's refuting that specifically, but he also shows what the fathers taught about Antichrist. So, you know, so if you're looking to kind of, you know, glean the signs to, to apply it to us, it's actually useful that way. Hold that thought. Ryan Grant is our guest. He is with Mediatrix Press. Mediatrixpress.com is his website. And he has been translating St. Robert Bellarmine, great doctor of the church, and uh, has this wonderful work on the Antichrist is uh, one of the uh, refutations to the Protestant Revolution. We're having that conversation on the other side of this very short break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. I'm in charge here. 
right? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Many people have the idea that monks have a rigid code of obedience based on instant conformity to the orders of the abbot. They would probably be shocked to learn that in his rule, St. Benedict tells the abbot that he is supposed to adapt himself to the needs of the monks, not force the monks to adapt themselves to him. The leader's responsibility, according to St. Benedict, is to provide the maximum benefit for the greatest number of people by being attentive to what, within reason, works best for each person. This is a very different idea of leadership from what we normally see. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E MinuteMonk.com. Like the abbot in a monastery, are we willing to make the sacrifices to adapt ourselves for the benefit of the people we serve? Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Ryan Grant is our guest. Mediatrix Press is his website, mediatrixpress.com. As we said, he's he's been translating the great works of St. Robert Bellarmine uh, into English and making them more accessible to, uh, to knuckle-draggers like myself. Praise be to God. And uh, St. Robert Bellman, doctor of the church, is one of the foremost experts on the end times and the Antichrist. I'll, I mean, one of my, I often, maybe once a year, I'll go, I'll go back to YouTube and I'll look for uh, Father Wolf and his end time sermons. And he quotes extensively from St. Robert Bellman. And they're incredibly awesome. So I would highly recommend that. But uh, Ryan Grant, welcome back to the show. At, right before the break, you were starting to launch into some of those telltale signs that Bellarmine is pointing out as a way to refute Protestants and their claims against the Pope, but could also be used for people like us in our times to as a guidepost to discerning the times. Um, you said uh, that it's not going to be a series. Bellarmine didn't think there was going to be a series of Antichrist, but but one man. You were, Can we start there? Right. Yes, absolutely. And uh, it's important to note, too, that for Bellarmine's purposes, um, he, he's not so much it's what even what he thought, it's what he can show from the, the church fathers. And so the fathers are all unanimous that it's going to be a specific man, uh, the man of sin of Second Thessalonians, et cetera. He's going to be a specific man, not just any any uh, you know person and any series of persons. They're one one individual. And he's going to come at a, at a certain point. And like I said, he's showing that he hasn't come. So the first proof is the, um, you know, his reign is not, has, hasn't begun. So the Antichrist reign is going to begin. Um, and it'll be clear, you know, that, that he's in charge of things. Um, you know, another proof is the uh, eschatolo- eschatological mission of Enoch and Elijah. This is actually an interesting one. A lot of people that know about this, but a lot of the early fathers had taught that um, Enoch and Elijah in the Bible were basically, and this is also a Jewish tradition uh, that precedes the uh, precedes our Lord. The, the Enoch and Elijah would come back 
in the end times they're being preserved perfectly and they would come back to preach um you know at that time and, and bring people you know away from antichrist they'll be martyred they'll be the two witnesses in the book of the apocalypse that that were martyred uh the fourth proof is uh the persecution of antichrist that it, so like last year a lot of people said, oh, look, there's no masses now. All the masses have been shut down, right? And, um, you know, and, and so this is the sign of Antichrist. Well, that's actually not the case, maybe a forerunner of Antichrist. But, but ultimately, um, there, it's not that priests will be saying masses in their private residences. And as we know, there were people out saying mass you know, anyway. Um, but what will happen instead, there will be no masses. The whole public sacrifice will cease altogether. Mm. So there won't be mass. There won't be anywhere, even privately. Because it's going to be forget for, uh, forbidden, the means are going to be taken away. The persecution to enforce that is going to be, um, you know, many many times worse than what you're seeing, say, in Canada right now. Um, so and then he goes further. The duration, how long Antichrist is going to reign, and he shows that his formal reign when he's in charge of things will only be two and in, in, in two thirds of, uh, of you know two two thirds years. Not the many hundreds or even in any case that over a thousand years that some Protestants were claiming the Pope, <laughs> you know, it was reigning in terms of um, that particular claim. Um, he says that the end of the world will happen after those two in, in two thirds years, which, of course, you know, again, towards the Protestants. Hey, you're saying Antichrist was there since 666 uh, hmm. or whenever. And here we are, you know, hundred hundreds thousands of years later and it still hasn't happened so mm. end of the world is supposed to be after those two years um you know then he goes in the name of antichrist and of course 666 everyone freaks out about that number everyone's you know you see your phone number and you see the, <laughs> that in the prefix and you're like oh no that's bad i need to get my number changed um <laughs> you know it's i mean people you know joke about it i think you know people who are particularly wicked like to make use of the number but really, so Bellarmine digs into it because, of course, for the Protestants, even back then, even the 16th century, they're trying to show that, uh, you know, some, you know, the, the numerology of these types of things that they're actually gematria, which is used numbers as symbols of letters, because a lot of ancient uh, languages, they do have, um, you know, numbers that are also letters. And so you get into, you know, you know, the, the, you could spell something out with this kind of this number, or what have you. And so you get um, this idea that, oh, yeah, well, you know, if you spell, you take 666 and you break it down, you can get these numbers in Greek. And, you know, so they would try to show different words that would do it would accord to the Pope. Right. So they, they would come up with this one called Latinos, which was actually uh, they, they really kind of forced that one because they, they had to spell it wrong in Greek in order to get the numbers right. <laughs> <laughs> and so Bellarmine says, OK, well, two can play that game. Here's Luther's name in Greek and here's other <laughs> in Greek. What do you know? Those come out to 6662 if you want to do that. But then he goes genius. to show that the numbers themselves are indicative of some fact or some truth about it that won't be known until after mm. he's come, mm. not before. Now, there's a lot of you know scholarship today that shows it actually refers to Nero or something like that, and that's entirely plausible too. And and they both can still be true. It could be plausible in terms of looking back and also looking forward. So the um, and so the reality is, and each, it goes to show that um, according to the Sibylline verse, and some of the fathers talk about this too, um, eight 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 was going to be the number of Christ or at least of the Messiah, because the, so the Sibylline verse is a series of prophecies that came from certain seers. And um, in a Catholic revelation, it was look and say, well, here's like kernels of the truth coming in through the pagan world. And so 
the uh, there's one that that says that you know when when the one is set everything right to you know comes uh, again this is like a Roman uh, prophecy from this this Roman seer but um, you know it, you know and they give the various things as Bellarmine breaks that down you know showing it's going to be eight 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 but nobody you know coming and Jews were familiar with this too. But they, you know, when Christ came, nobody said, oh, <laughs> it's only after looking back and they said, oh, look at that, that, that fits now. But before then, you, you wouldn't really know it. So in the end, his conclusion on 666 is that, you know, if, the, you know, if this means some specific thing about Antichrist, we're not going to know it until after he's here. You're not going to be able to predict it uh, ahead of time. Well, Ryan Grant so is our guest. We have about five minutes left in our conversation. Uh, and real quickly, I just had a question. Earlier, you had mentioned that when the Antichrist comes... It'll be about two years that the person is here. Could you explain what you meant by that? Um, it'll be two years that he reigns, that, that he's ruling the world, basically. So he'll be around. Um, he'll be born and nobody will mark it. But according to the fathers and it, it really even uh, the scripture itself, um, in various verses that are cited about Antichrist, such as Daniel chapter 9, Second Thessalonians 2, and um, certain parts of the apocalypse, that it's going to be, you know, just uh, two and two-thirds years that he's ruling and persecuting and, and, and stomping out all religion and, um, you know, making war on everything. So that's essentially what the, that those two years are. Ryan Grant is our guest. Um, MediatrixPress.com is the website. MediatrixPress.com is the website. You should check it out, especially the work on uh, St. Robert Bellarmine. Very exciting. Uh, with a few minutes left, we have well, a couple of questions that I think come up. One was... I think, the early, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, early church fathers were split on the opinion as to whether or not the Antichrist would be Jewish and would have to, and we know he's going to set himself up as a false messiah, but does that mean he would necessarily need to be Jewish in order to get the Jews to follow along? Um, and the next question I thought what, that was interesting was uh, Elijah and Enoch, both of which were taken up they were assumed, uh, supposedly, from looking at sacred scripture, one by fiery chariot, the other one just walked with on earth no more. Um, are these going to be the literal persons, or are they going to be two new persons like John the Baptist coming in the spirit of Elijah, that kind of thing, Ryan Grant? Hmm. So the uh, the beginning of Antichrist is the chapter where Bellarmine discusses that as chapter twelve, and so you know so he takes the side of those in, in Saint Augustine, and I think it's it's more probable that the Antichrist is going to be Jewish, and the reason for that is not uh, the anti-Semitic charge that people are going to bring up now, but it's actually all in, tied to a certain line of the gospel where Christ says to, to the Jews in uh, in John, "You won't receive me, but you'll receive him who's coming after me." And, and so they all interpret that as, you know, he's going to come from the Jews. And ultimately, he's going to deceive the Jews is really what it is. It has nothing. It's not any kind of anti-Semitic trope or anything of this sort. Um, it, it's rather about the fact that, you know, they're going to, you know, mistake him for the Messiah. And then he's going to deceive them and then, you know, get them to rebuild the temple and other things like according to Chrysostom and Origen. And, the uh, and if he rebuilds, you know, the temple, that's going to be, you know, kind of that that sign for the for the end times. So you and you see that, like, what did Julian the Apostate try to do? He tried to. He was aware of this in this particular teaching, and so he's going to, you know, get rid of, you know, the. Uh, or he's he's going to try to get rid of the mass. He's going to rebuild the temple and install Jewish rites, and then after he's firmly in charge, he's going to ditch the Jews as well and make them worship him. 
And that's when, you know, and that's where some people think where, for example, St. Paul talks about, you know, the, the conversion of the Jews in the end times. That's when it's going to take place, which you're going at the agency of Enoch and Elijah. And so that they're going to basically preach to the Jews to bring them away from Antichrist. And they'll make up that net number of that coming of Israel that, that uh, St. Paul talks about. So that's according, you know, to that. So, um, and then Enoch and Elijah, again, according to Bellarmine and, and most of the fathers that he cites on that subject, it is going to be their, it is their literal actual persons that are basically being preserved outside of this world and be brought back. Whether that's true or not, you know, hey, we'll, we'll find out. But um, I, I find that uh, more compelling um, in terms of the explanation of what happened to them. So it, and the number of fathers that are cited on that are very strong. Some people criticize the, the whole idea that Enoch and Elijah are going to come back at all on the basis of, well, this is some early theory, millennialism, which by the way begets the rapturism today, um, you know, which was an opinion of certain church fathers, but it was universally condemned after Nicaea. Wow. Um, it, it, the, it, the idea was, that Christ is going to come back and he's going to rapture everybody up in, in Jerusalem. You know, I mean, they didn't use that word rapture back then that way, but he meant, you know, Christ is going to take the saints and then make them reign for a thousand years over the heathen. So, and, and then, you know, Jerome rejects this utterly august and all the fathers, you know, come out against us. But all the right. one part of this theory, this opinion, they keep 20 is seconds Elijah. is Enoch and Elijah. All right. We are out of time. Ryan Grant, it's been an excellent opportunity to have a conversation with you. Thank you for your time today. The website is mediatrixpress.com. I encourage everybody to check it out. Again, we've linked to it. Ryan Grant, thank you for your time. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. That's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. We'll be posting this conversation later today on our YouTube channel. Check that out. You can find the links on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. In the next hour... We're going to have a game show and prizes are involved. Hopefully you can join us. grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you and God bless you. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. I have a friend who says that baptism is a symbolic act and that it has nothing to do with salvation. How can I answer him? Simple. Show him what the Bible says. Nowhere does the Bible say that baptism is merely a symbolic act. That passage simply does not exist. But the Bible does say this about baptism. In Ezekiel 36, verses 25 to 27, it says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses. A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will put my spirit within you. Here in the Old Testament, we have a foreshadowing of New Testament baptism. In the New Testament, Acts 2, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. No symbolic language here. The book of Acts says, Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Ezekiel says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from your uncleannesses. The book of Acts says, And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel says, And I will put my spirit within you. Do you begin to see how God in the Old Covenant was preparing us for what He gives us in the New Covenant? 
Acts 22, 16. And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. What body was that? The body of Christ. 1 Peter 3, 21. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Scripture simply does not support the non-Catholic notion that baptism is symbolic. Scripture does, however, very clearly and directly support the Catholic teaching that baptism saves us, that baptism makes us members of the body of Christ, that baptism washes away sin, and that through baptism we receive the Holy Spirit just as the church teaches. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. You have made it, you have survived it. The weekend is over. You get to go back to it now. Are you happy or sad about that? I'm just curious. We're going to have a great show. We just wrapped up a a really interesting conversation with Ryan Grant from Mediatrix Press on the End Times and St. Robert Bellarmine. Now, um, Janelle, you're a college student. Uh, Good morning to you, by the way. Good morning. I am a college student. Uh, Janelle Lee, by the way, snuck in the studio. I don't know how she got past security. Somehow, some way, she... She just walked in, so we, we put her on the mic. We thought it seemed reasonable at the time. Um, have you read St. Robert Bellarmine? No, I have not, but his name sounds very familiar to a sh- sea shanty called the Wellerman Song. Um, and so I've <laughs> not, been like... Not related. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> not related, but I kind of came not up with like, the lyrics to a song. <laughs> so you hear Bellarmine and then you think of Wellerman. Yes. I see where you're going yes. with that. But like, I kind of like wow. was trying to write like some of the lyrics, uh, rewrite the lyrics to fit St. Bellarmine um, ah. for the past couple minutes. Okay. Oh my goodness. That's, uh, that's interesting. Uh, speaking of interesting, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I guess it was God's will that Janelle be on the show today because our doors are locked this early in the morning. Right. And so I have, and she came whenever the show had already started. And I was like, um, I'm not going to be able to let you in. And all of a sudden she walked through walked the door. Through doors. And I'm like, wow, she just like, like a glorified body passing through <laughs> locked doors. Amazing. You, have you been uh, resurrected already, Janelle, ahead of time? I'm just curious. Well, it's not the first time I, I got in early in the morning. Are you, are you <laughs> suggesting it's too easy? Wow. I mean, I don't well, know where to go with that. But uh, anyway, uh, Adrian, you've read Bellarmine, right? I mean, that's obviously high on your list as a Thomist would be Bellarmine. I have not actually read any, anything complete from Bellarmine. Come I've read now. excerpts from Bellarmine. Uh, but uh, Ryan Grant's really the first person to get a lot of this stuff in English uh, recently, and so a lot of it's only in Latin. So I've read excerpts of Bellarmine, and I've read other people quoting Bellarmine, but actually reading uh, ex- uh, 
entire works of Bellarmine? No, I've never read any of his stuff. I have his book on the Antichrist. And, it, you know, as Ryan pointed out, it's, it's really just a refutation to the Protestants in their view on the Pope. However, uh, it, it's a great summary on what the church does believe about the Antichrist. And I think those uh, are the telltale signs, which is why we had the conversation and we'll be posting that later today on our YouTube and Facebook channels, as well as Rumble and elsewhere. All the links can be found on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. In this hour, all right, in this hour, we are going to have the headline news. All good news this hour, praise be to God. And then we're going to do Saint of the Day. It's going to be a little different today because Emily's last day was Friday. And uh, so I'm covering the news. Adrian's going to cover the Saint of the Day. We'll read the gospel. Maybe Adrian will get us a comment or two in there. And then we go to play our Fear and Trembling Catholic Trivia Game Show. And we have a new sponsor this week. It's actually kind of cool. Uh, BrightlyHued.com. BrightlyHued.com. They're giving out a set of 10 Catholic stickers. And these are not like, these are pretty, and these are pretty nice stickers, actually. They're really high end. So saints and uh, Catholic imagery and art and these beautiful stickers that you can place on your, your water cup, your laptop, your iPad, or what have you. They're quite nice. Brightlyhue.com. Thank you for generously sponsoring our program. So, And then, of course, in the second half of the hour, or at least 15 minutes of the second half of the hour anyway, today, because of uh, Brie Dale and Joey Mignola's show coming up at the top of, the, of that hour, we will have an after show just on the live video social stream where we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, maybe the end times, or whatever's on your mind. That conversation is driven by you, the audience. And you can join us by going to either Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or just right on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's the hour. Let's pray and let's dive in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection and sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. And now the good news. U.S. Marshals recovered record high 387 missing children in 2020. A top official within the U.S. Marshal Service reported that 387 missing, missing children, a record high number, were recovered by the agency last year. Speaking to journalist Chief Inspector Whitwell, who heads the U.S. Marshal's sex offender investigation, said, Last year, we recovered 387 children, and that was the most we've ever recovered, almost 100 more than the previous year. But I would also emphasize that, in my opinion, we're barely scratching the surface, unquote. According to the FBI, the number of reported missing children was 421,394 in 2019, with the majority of cases being considered endangered runaways. She says, quote, I personally was extremely concerned by the lack of spotlight, the lack of resources, and just simply the lack of children being recovered across our country, knowing now how big of an epidemic it was, Whitwell said, and so I decided to make this my focus. In recent months, the U.S. Marshal Service has carried out a number of operations in states including Oklahoma, Iowa, Ohio, Louisiana, Virginia, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. 
According to the Vatican News.va, Pope Francis, a society that does not welcome life stops living, unquote. Pope Francis highlights the importance of solidarity, improving the birth rate, protecting the family, and generational sustainability in his address at a meeting on the general states of birth in Italy. Pope Francis opened the meeting on the general states of birth, which held on Friday at the auditorium Della Consiglionzone, close to the Vatican. The initiative, organized by the Forum for Family Associations, aims to explore the demographic crisis in Italy, which has been further brought to the fore by the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic that has resulted in increasing levels of poverty among families. In his speech, Pope Francis applauded the initiative, stressing that it is essential to get Italy moving again, starting with life and the human being. He says, providing some context to the demographic situation in the country, Pope Francis noted that according to the data, quote, most young people want to have children, but their dreams of life clash with the demographic winter. Still cold and dark, only half of young people believe they will be able to have two children in their lifetime, unquote. To remedy the situation, the Pope highlighted the importance of taking care of families, especially young families, who are assailed by worries that risk paralyzing their life plans. He further underlined their, quote, lack of children, which causes an aging population, implicitly affirms that everything ends with us, that only our individual interests count, unquote. This, he noted, is common in more affluent consumerist societies marked with more indifference and less solidarity. In a passing note, Ohio bishops removed the dispensation and call for the faithful to return to Holy Mass. Praise be to God. LaCroix International reports bishops asked violence hit Mexico to vote for the common good. Church leaders in Mexico have accelerated efforts to promote cleaner candidates in the upcoming elections amid continuing violence between gangs vying for influence in the Catholic-majority country. The Mexican Episcopal Conference has asked citizens to go to the polls on June 6 and cast their ballots for candidates who promote the common good. The midterm election is being billed as the largest in the country's history. Quote, today, more than ever, the common good demands more action than words, unquote. The bishop said in a May 6 statement, it was issued after the first of three meetings they have planned to prepare the vote to prepare the voters. Mexicans must, quote, show discernment with the goal of opting for the people who can bring about the authentic common good, unquote, the bishop said. The election comes after a period of unprecedented violence. More than 300,000 people have been killed in Mexico since the government deployed the army in 2006 to fight drug trafficking. And those are your headline news for Monday. Praise be to God in all things. The saint of the day is Blessed Ivan, and I'm going to butcher all the Polish words and names today. Uh, Blessed Ivan Ziatik. He was born on December 26, 1899 in present-day Poland. He was a Greek Catholic. He graduated high school in 1919 and obtained a degree in theology in 1923. He was ordained in 1923 and taught catechism and theology and served as the prefect of students at the seminary in Paramisal, uh, Poland from 1925 to 1935. He joined the Redemptorists in 1935 and became a noted preacher when he was stationed in Lviv. Prior to the monastery, uh, he became the prior, prior to the monastery in Ternopil during the Nazi occupation. 
He became the prior because the vicar general of the Ukrainian uh, Greek Catholic Church, which were his superiors, were arrested and expelled uh, from the uh, from the monastery, and so he ended up becoming the vicar general. He was arrested on the 5th of January 1950 for his faith and for preaching and for being a redemptorist priest. He was held in the Zolikchiv prison and then exiled to Ozola, uh, Russia. He was tortured routinely and beaten severely, and eventually he died in prison. One of the martyrs killed. He was one of the martyrs that were killed under the communist regime in Eastern Europe. He died on the 17th of uh, May, that which was Easter Sunday, 1952, from the injuries he received from beatings three days earlier. He was beatified on June 27, 2001, by John Paul II in Ukraine. Blessed Ivan, pray for us. Praise be to God. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 16, verses 29 through 33. The disciples said to Jesus, Now you are talking plainly and not in any figure of speech. Now we realize that you know everything and that you do not need to have anyone question you. Because of this, we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming and has arrived when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone. But I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you this so that you might have peace in me. In the world, you will have trouble, but take courage. I have conquered the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I really like that last uh, two verses there, two sentences. I have told you this, that you might have peace in me. In the world, you will have trouble, but take courage. I have conquered the world. Trust in Jesus. Have trust in Jesus because the Father is with him. And even the apostles acknowledge now his uh, true identity as the Messiah, the son of the living God, the second person of the Trinity. What did you find, Adrian? But take courage. I have conquered the world. I love that passage. It's very beautiful. Cornelius Lapide speaks about it very much. He uh, probably speaks more about this passage than he did the rest of the verses here. It's very important to realize what our Lord is saying here. Take courage, for I have overcome the world. What is the world that he refers to? Well, the world is what is ruled by the devil. It says uh, in scripture that the devil is the prince of this world. And so what are we doing on earth? We battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the uh, dominations that are attacking us. And so we are to battle against what? The world, the flesh, and the devil, the threefold concupiscence that we have as human beings. Now, here, uh, we, our Lord says that he conquered the world. So what does this mean? Did our Lord need to conquer the world? Did it, was that a necessity for him? No, he's God. He is, he was not, uh, he would never know, the world would never conquer him because he is God. It's impossible. So why did our Lord go out of his way to come in and conquer the world rather than just be separate from it? Cause the world could never conquer him. Well, the reason why he did it is for that exact reason. He tells us, but take courage because he's addressing us, addressing you and I. Because he conquered the world, therefore we too may conquer and not be conquered. And what does it mean to be conquered? Well, uh, we can die, as we see with the martyrs. Cornelius Lapide mentions all the martyrs and confessors that died for the faith. So instead, it's not that we cannot die. Instead, it's that we will not face eternal death. 
and that we may, by following in the footsteps and the example of Christ, uh, live to eternal life and not experience eternal death. All right. Praise be to God. It is time to play Fear and Trembling after a very short break. The phone number to call is 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open, wide open. You can be a contestant. All you need to do is call and call right now, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Fear and Trembling is coming up next. Prizes are involved. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to Apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and don't tell anybody I said this. Well, there's a few things we like to do on the program. We like to teach a little bit about the faith, so we have questions that you might learn something about the faith that you just never knew before. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh in the process, and our contestants tend to be a lot of fun and good sports. And then, of course, we give out prizes. And so it's kind of a winner for everybody involved. But here's the kicker if you're just joining us. Yes, I do have official Catholic trivia questions in my hand. I'm showing the camera there if you're 
hanging out with us on a live video feed. Uh, but I don't ask the caller the question. So they don't even need to know the answers, technically speaking, to still win. Instead, I ask on uh, today, I'll ask Janelle, who's uh, sitting in the, uh, the, the hot spot over there. And then Adrian, I'll ask, I'll ask them the question. One of them will be right and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide who's right, who's wrong, who do they trust more? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Now, the prize this week is generously underwritten by BrightlyHued.com. BrightlyHued.com, an uh, incredible Catholic-run organization that has these beautiful stickers. They give a, it's a pack of ten, and they're they're not they're like pretty high-end stickers. Okay, so they're saints, religious artwork, all Catholic, super solid. And they're going to look beautiful on your iPhone, your computer, your laptop, your mug, whatever you wish. Uh, very high-end stickers. Thank you. BrightlyHued.com will be pulling the winner out on Friday. So that is the deal. If you tried to call in today, God love you. God bless you. Thank you for doing that. But let's go to the phones. Zachary and John, good morning to you. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Praise be to God. It's uh, good to have you on. Now, where are you guys from? Richmond, Texas. Richmond, Texas. That's up in the Dallas area, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, now, John, uh, you sound like a man of uh, of great vintage and wisdom. How old are you? I'm 11. 11. Praise be to God. Are you on your way to school? Yes. What school do you go to? St. Teresa's Catholic School. Hey, now. Thank you for calling in today. Praise be to God. Have you played? Have you listened to the game being played before, John? Yes. All right, so you're, you're familiar with the rules and how it all works? Yep. Now, my producer tells me you're a Thomist uh, theologian, so you're pretty much a, considered an expert. Is that, is that the case? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Praise <laughs> be to God. I like the confidence. I like the confidence. All right. <laughs> well, John, I'm excited, and thank you for uh, playing the game today. We will begin. We will start with Janelle uh, as, a, as an honor here. Janelle, again, welcome, and thanks for hanging out with us today. Janelle, are you ready to play the game? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Janelle, can you tell me, why did God make us? Ooh, why did God make us? Um, I'm going to go for to show forth his goodness and to share with us his everlasting happiness in heaven. Sounds reasonable. Sounds reasonable. Doesn't it? It does. But let's just see what Double Major Fonseca says over here. Adrian, can you tell me why did God make us? Yes, my official title. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> God made us to maximize pleasure and minimize pain. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, that's the reason for our existence. To maximize pleasure. Okay. And minimize pain. Uh-huh. All right. So, uh, John, Adrian is on the hook for... You said maximize pleasure and minimize pain. Yeah. So, Adrian is on the hook for maximize pleasure and minimize pain. And uh, Miss Janelle is on the hook for to show forth his goodness and to share with us his everlasting happiness in heaven. Um, 15 seconds on the clock, John. Who's right? Who's wrong? What say you? Janelle. <laughs> Very confident answer there. Survey says... I yeah. guess he is a Thomist. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, Adrian. Uh, that was Duh. somewhat uh, close, I guess you could say. What do you... Uh, 
What was your thinking there, Adrian? Oh, well, it's the common uh, error of the modern world that that's, that's the, uh, the desire of everyone to maximize pleasure, minimize pain, where our Lord said the exact opposite. And he said, uh, you will be persecuted in my name and yeah. blessed are those. Yeah. So not yeah. exactly the, the most amount of pleasure, yeah. but we will get it in heaven, though. John, we will have it. John, that was pretty straightforward. You, you weren't fooled by that at all, right? Yep. Yeah, pretty easy question. Easy now, peasy. Now, this next one, though, this one might test you a little bit, John. I, I think I even had to look it up, and I love history, but unless you're very familiar with this, you might get this wrong. That's just the truth in advertising. Let's, let's go to Adrian with this question. Adrian, can you tell me, how many times did Our Lady appear to St. Bernadette at Lourdes? Huh. She appeared a lot at Lourdes, like a lot, a lot. I'm, I'm going to go with 27. 27? 27. Hmm. Okay. Let's see what Janelle has to say. Janelle, can you tell me how many times did Our Lady appear to St. Bernadette at Lourdes? Ooh, I feel like 27 is quite a lot, of, quite a big number. Hmm. I'm going to go lower. Let's go with 18. 18. Okay. Wow. Okay, so there's a there's a contrast there. Adrian is on the hook for 27, and Janelle is on the hook for 18. Who's right? Who's wrong? John, what say you? Adrian? Survey says... Oh. I'm so sorry, John! I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Even the best Thomas wouldn't know that one. It has nothing to do with Thomas Aquinas. He fooled you, John. Yeah, Adrian, you, he, I, I warn you, he's tricky. He's very tricky. And he, yeah, in fact, the true answer is 18. But you know, if I had to guess and I didn't look it up, I would have probably said a lot less, actually. Yeah, me too. I probably would have guessed yeah. like seven. Yeah. Oh. I would have gone something along those lines. 18 even still seems That's like a, a lot. 18 is a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. But uh, don't, don't fret, John. You're already in the cup of divine providence. You already have a good chance at winning this week's prize. So let's go with your third chance here. And, uh, I don't know. Let's. This one could be tricky. It might not be. Let's just see here. Or Janelle, we're back to you. Janelle, can you tell me what famous Catholic Italian physician originated a revolutionary method of educating young children at the beginning of the 20th century? I promise you, this is a name we've all heard oh, before. Yeah. Oh, a name we've all heard before. Okay, well then, I'm going to go with a Maria name. Okay. So, Maria, uh-huh. and then what's the um, an Italian name that I know? Montessori? Oh. I'm going to go with Maria Montessori. Montessori, okay. All right, Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me what famous Catholic Italian physician originated a revolutionary method of educating young children at the beginning of the 20th century? Huh. Let me think. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with John Dewey. John Dewey? Dewey. Very Italian. Is not, that, is not, that? Do, not don't e, but Dewey. Dewey. John Dewey. <laughs> Dewey. Okay. I cracked myself up. Uh, okay. So Adrian is on the hook for John Dewey. And Emily, or rather Janelle, forgive me, is on the hook <laughs> for Maria Montessori. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? John, what say you? Janelle. Survey says... Yeah. Got it. Not fooled at all. Good Not one. Fooled at all. Was it the uh, John Dewey that threw you there, John? I'm just curious. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, John Dewey's not Italian. We need like a Captain Obvious button. What do you well, think, it's, it's John? It's not a horrible answer. 
Two times in the coffee cup, though, John. Your chances are pretty good. How do you feel? Good. Yeah? Praise be to God. Now, okay, what's your favorite subject in school, John? Hmm. Music class. Music? Music. Do you sing? Do you sing or play? I sing and play. Whoa. Wow. What do you play? Piano and clarinet. Oh wow. wow! Praise be to God. You're talented. That's amazing. Praise be to God. Do you? Uh, if you had to choose one or the other, what would it be? If you could only take one instrument to a remote island, what would it be? Probably piano. Yeah, yeah, the piano. Yeah, piano is awesome. Very favorite. Beautiful what's instrument. the fa- What's your favorite piece that you like to play on the piano, John? Uh, I'm not so sure about that. Oh really? Mm. You, you got a bunch? So it's okay. He'll he'll learn. Uh, the the uh, the great works in the piano. Oh. I'm uh, I'm thinking he'll probably uh, start playing uh, like great symphonies by the time he's like 14. He'll uh, compose his own that's pieces. I know it. Sky's the limit, John. God love you. You did great. Two chances in the coffee cup. You may, it may be God's will that your name is pulled out of the hat on Friday. You'll have to tune in to find out. But we're just we had a lot of fun and we're grateful that you called in today, John. Thank you. All right, I'm going to put you on hold so Adrian can get your phone number just in case it be God's will. But have a great day at school, and God love you. And uh, that is going to do it for the radio side of Catholic Drive Time today. Praise be to God. Uh, We are going to go into uh, the after show after this short little break. But on the radio, Holy Mass will begin to air. And if you're going to hang out on the radio and listen to Holy Mass, please do keep us in your prayers. We would be very grateful to you, of course. The... um, uh, you know, prayer intention for the team here, that would be an amazing thing. Uh, of course, uh, praying and discerning Emily's replacement. But if you want to hang out with us in the after show, we would encourage you to go on to our website or on Facebook or on YouTube to the live video feed where we can chat with you. It'll be an abbreviated form today because we have to turn right around to get Bree Dale and Joy Mignon on the air at the top of the next hour for Intersections. That's coming up. It'll be live streamed as well. So we'll have a short after show, but we would love to chat with you. You can go to our website to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Find the links, sign up to our email list, and even watch the show live right on our website. grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God bless you. God love you. A ton of great content coming up this week on Catholic Drive Time. Hopefully you'll join us for all or part of it. If not, God love you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. It is the uh, the after show of Catholic Drive Time. The brain is like crushed today. Having to uh, do the news as well is, is a lot. But God is so very good. Janelle is hanging out with us. Uh, you know, that's Janelle just showed up middle of nowhere. Somehow she scaled the building and was able to get in. We don't know. But, uh, I climbed through the air shaft. The air shaft. You went the diehard route there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Praise God for that. So we're going to have a shorter version of Catholic Drive Time because of intersections. So if you're hanging out with us today, 
Here's the deal. In the after show, you get to drive the conversation. Whatever you want to talk about, leave it in the comments, and we'll try to get to it. Uh, 45 after we go off the air, so we have not a lot of time. So let's jump into it. I want to thank some folks for just hanging out with us today. Of course, Deacon Nick Donnelly, all the way from the UK, was was hanging out on the YouTube side. Uh, We interviewed him last week. He's got a book that's really wonderful. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us, Deacon Nick. Mike K., good morning to you. Praise be to God. Uh, Luz, good morning. Beth, good morning. Jesus Morano, good morning. Angelo and Eric Rodriguez and Christopher Velasquez and Pocahontas and uh, Colin. Now, I don't know. I got to ask a second opinion here. Adrian on YouTube, Colin, is are you a first time commenter? I, I don't know that I've seen Colin co- a comment before. I don't know. For some reason, he looks familiar, Maybe. but I'm not certain. Let us know, Colin, if you are a first time commenter. Please let us know. And, we uh, like to lavish love on first-time commenters. And I like to do it anyways. But you know who is a first-time commenter? Who's for that? sure. Who's that? Uh, Deacon Nick Donnelly. Yes. Yes or yes. So while we wait for Colin to let us know, I say yeah. we give him a... Yes. Amen. Yes. There we and go. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Uh, and real quickly, I know Joe mentioned it. What? I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry. You were saying? It scared me. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> shenanigans are already in, in play here i know joe probably already mentioned it but we're heading off early for Bree's show um but joe said 15 minutes yeah. actually it'd be closer to 10 minutes uh breeze sent me a lot of videos <sighs> that they uh they are going to be playing during their show Sigh. so i have to uh start downloading those Sigh. and setting those up so we're gonna uh, hurry here so. all right laurie good morning to you glory gloria good morning josh noel joaquin good morning to you praise be to god Thank you for hanging out. Jesus Robles, our friend. Thank you for hanging out today. Um, oh, I thought I deleted that button. I just need them to say Jesus instead of Jesus. Janelle, have, has, has Adrian corrupted you yet by showing you that yes. video? No, he has not shown me that video. Okay, but I have corrupted her. Friendly, he has shown me other videos. Friendly, so unfortunately, just a friendly warning and advice: uh, don't watch that video. Okay, because once you see it, you can't unsee it. All right, All good right? to know. Um, so be careful, little eyes, what you see. Uh, sage yes. advice from ancient philosophers. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Melanie. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning, Melanie. She and wants then, to know thoughts on three days of darkness. Let's hold on a second, buddy. And Christopher Chance. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. Bruce Tolman. Good morning. And uh, let's see who else is on here. I have to scroll. Way Patty was on with us. I, I didn't really say goodbye to or hi to Patty. She's always in the the first hour. She goes. She listens to Holy Mass or attends Holy Mass in the second. Um, but we're so good to ha- have her on with us today. I think that's about everybody that I can scroll through very quickly. So three days of darkness. Also, Jesus Robles says. Colin said yes. Well, then good morning, Colin. Welcome to the team. Thank you for being a first time commenter. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. Thank you for hanging out. Where are you from, Colin? I'd like to know. I'd like to know what part of the world are you from. Jeff Burrier, who's going to be on the game show now? Dominic. Well, Janelle uh, showed up. Praise be to God. So we put her to work. And so she's filled in for us today. Whether or not she shows up again tomorrow, I don't know. But uh, she she apparently was able Snuck to get in today. Get it all depends through, if I can break in Get through security. Well. Yeah. So... Hopefully, Dominic, uh, maybe Janelle will be here tomorrow. Uh, Catholic Rickroll, seriously, on a Monday? I know. I like that, Catholic Rickroll. I know. Even though it's a Protestant song, though. I know. Yes, the horns of the apocalypse. Speaking of which, Three Days of Darkness. So there are a lot of mystics in the church who, uh, 
who have written and had, you know, prophetic visions, mystical encounters that also included the three days of darkness. There have been many mystics. I think, though, ultimately there is, it's still kind of debatable. I don't think there's any official church document, as far as I know, that has suggested that this is, I mean, like, I think when it comes to end times at all, as we were talking about St. Robert Bellarmine, even Bellarmine references a variety of opinions from the early church fathers in regards to the Antichrist and the timing of events, and there's plenty of opinions to go around. The thing about the mystics, though, is there are some mystics that whose names you'd be like, oh, wow, yeah, that's that's amazing. And then there's a ton of mystics you probably have never even heard of that also have had pretty detailed and vivid um, images of the end times and the three days of darkness. So the answer is, I don't know. Uh, my opinions on the three days of darkness is that it Israel. Uh, I don't think we're Israel? obliged. It's Israel. It is Israel. Yeah. Israel. The three days of darkness are only going to happen in, in Israel. Israel. <laughs> uh, speaking of Israel, I just got in contact with the Latin patriarch in Israel, and he might be a guest next week to talk about what's going on in Israel. So that'd be pretty awesome. Uh, but about the three days of darkness, no, not not in Israel, across the world. Uh, Christopher just made a point that I was going to bring up. He said St. Padre Pio had a vision about it. That actually might not be true. That's yeah, I was uh, say and that's that. what I was going to say. Um, yeah, so you need to be careful when when addressing these um, these apparitions and these miracles and these visions, because people like to, uh, in order to increase the clout and the credibility of certain visions, they like to attribute them to a certain saints that may or may not have ever said it or done anything about it. This happens quite a bit, actually, especially to Padre Pio. Yes. Um, and so, like, they put words in his mouth all the time. A famous one is um, they said that Archbishop Lefebvre met Padre Pio, and Padre Pio scolded him and said that he was going to bring schism in the church. Uh, but in reality, they did meet only once, and all that happened was um, – Lefebvre asked for his blessing, and Padre Pio said, no, you're a bishop, you bless me. And so uh, the bishop, the archbishop blessed Padre Pio, and then he went to the confessional, and that was yeah. the extent of the conversation. I have a book, uh, The Last Mass of Padre Pio, that seems to suggest that he, con- that he, that he can't say concelebrated because there was no such thing in the TLM, but he served with uh, the Bishop Filet? Uh, you could say say mass not with, fillet, mm-hmm, but um, Lefebvre. Lefebvre, thank yeah, you. You could say he said mass with because yeah. you would say because it's not concelebration; it's holding different ranks. So um, priest, uh, bishop, or rather, I guess in this case, bishop. Uh, then you have a deacon, deacon subdeacon. Yeah. So he probably deacon for him or subdeacon for him. No, um, can that I might get be true? Can let's go back to the end times here for a sec. So the, a great because we're running out of time already. Um, a great reference book. On the end times is a book by Father Charles Armajan called The End of the Present World and the Mysteries of the Future Life. I'm showing a picture of the cover. I have the digital, I have the ebook version. St. Therese of Lisieux loved this book. It is a straight up, here's what the church teaches on the end times, on the Antichrist, on the timing of things, and, and it does reference um, all of these issues. It is a great book. It is not sensational. It's uh, 19th century Father Charles Armajan, The End of the Present World and the Mysteries of the Future Life. Highly recommend it. You should read it if you're really interested in all of that. But, you know, bottom line, as I've always said, um, things are boiling. Things are starting to get heated, right? I mean, you, Second Thessalonians or First Thessalonians chapter 2, St. Paul talks about the great man of perdition that comes onto the scene. 
What happens before that is the great apostasy. People abandon the faith. They apostatize from the faith in mass. That sets the stage for the great man of perdition, which sets the stage for the second coming and the judgment of the world. So, I mean, think about it. It's logical, right? When the, when the faithful abandon the faith, society around them is going to be adversely affected in a tremendous way. So goes the church, so goes society. So, we obviously, the more apostasy we see in society, the closer we are getting to those times. So, keep that in mind, especially in terms of Catholic politicians that are allowed to receive Holy Communion scandalously, even though they embrace anti-Catholic, anti-life, anti-natural law positions, uh, and the confusion that comes out of the debate around all of that. So, there you go. Uh, I don't know if that was helpful at all. Probably not, but we're out of time yeah, because real quick. Adrian is trying to yes. take away all of our time. Today. 100%. Hold your questions for tomorrow. We want to we want to talk more about end times and everything tomorrow. So hold your questions. Ask them again tomorrow. We'd love to talk about it. Colin said he's from Northern Ireland, Woo-hoo. but lives in Northern Virginia Praise for quite God. a few years now. So just want to throw that in before we went off. Amen. Thanks, Colin, for commenting for the first time. We love our first time commenters. That is going to do it for today's Catholic Drive Time. Join us tomorrow. We're going to dive into, I want to try to dive into some of those cybersecurity issues for our country. Why we paid ransom to uh, terrorists. Why would we do that? That seems rather peculiar. So at any rate, there's a lot of great content coming up this week. We can't wait to share it with you. Hopefully you'll join us. Do us a favor. Share this feed with your friends and your family. Subscribe to the channel and give us a thumbs up. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow, 6 a.m. Central. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Uh, one second, Bree. Haven't connected yet, so I can't hear you. All righty, it's up.
should be able to hear you now. Awesome. There we go. Howdy, howdy. All right, we're connected. Um, I'm going to work on your videos you sent. No problem. Sounds like not good news. What's the problem? Uh, nothing. I'm just talking. Bye, Janelle. Yeah, I love. Oh, did he? I didn't hear that. Oh, okay. I was like, what? What do you mean by that? Right. Um, I don't know. Oh, okay. No problem. If you're going to eat, now's the time to do it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> a popular day. They want they want breaking with Bree. Hmm. 
probably know. I'm not one to uh, be disgusted like that. Wow, that video. Oh my goodness. Vaccine saves. Holy moly. When did this happen? I didn't see this. Breaking with Bree. There you go. That's crazy. Ah, we should have talked about this today. Hmm. Yeah, we're gonna, we're definitely gonna have to talk about this tomorrow. I cannot believe I missed this. It's, it's been quite hectic, uh, trying to do everything without, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I turn off all notifications for social media, so I get no notifications at all. Uh, so I'm like, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I should. Uh, let's see, one, two videos. Wait, what? Oh my goodness. What is going What is going on? Oh my goodness. So how are you going to cover all of this <laughs> in the time allotted? He sounds like it. That that is insane. I am like I'm blown away by how they can get away with this. Oh, did he? Is it? Of course it is. That's always a good sign. Is it the one who said that devil that the devil wasn't real? Is it that one? Wonderful. That's always that's gonna be great. Yep, yep.
Hmm. Where's uh, Joey? Alrighty. On YouTube? How is that possible? How is that possible? Mike is hot on, on air. Hot. That doesn't make sense. Right, but I'm not even getting a connection. Haven't even created a stream. Yeah, it's on right now. There's a live stream right now. What's on OBS? Go to the OBS. Does that scene have a mic audio? No. Test, test. Yeah, because I have it I'm, muted. I'm, I was listening to her voice live right now. Yeah, I deleted it. There was a 14-second clip. I don't know where it came from.
uh, three minutes. Bree, go over with me real quick. What what videos did you want at what point? This uh, question. Okay. So that one first, then the one about Pope Francis. Okay. So, and then maybe the Dr. Fauci one. Okay, no Dr. Fauci. Okay. And the, what about the uh, Jesus the vaccine saves? Okay. So that's uh, okay. So which order? It was which order? Brazilian. Okay, one of those threads. Got it. Uh, No, I think the demographic thing. I mean, he had a call with him, but we don't really know what, what happened on the. I mean, we can assume what happened on the call, but um, I mean, we can talk about it a little bit. You can throw it into the into the dump at the beginning. All right, one minute. Uh, putting on on mute. Live from the Sun 